0: What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on Book Review Friday, I've got my co-host and a co-worker, Daniel Taylor. The
2: principles in this book are nothing new, but they're, they're packaged in the right way and they're things like, you know, expressing interest and listening and, and, and really like sincere attention to somebody else's agenda, somebody else's problem.
0: This is another episode of Innovation and Leadership. Today, we're going to be picking from the 400-plus books on business, marketing, and strategy that we've read and talking about one of them that we feel like can have a big impact on innovators and entrepreneurs as they try to invent the future. As always, in addition to learning from the show, we hope you'll consider clicking on the Child Rescue tab on our website, iCollective.co, to see how you can help change the life of a child that's been rescued from abuse and trafficking. Also, we love all of you who've been emailing to tell us what parts of the episodes you really liked or, or what was helpful to you. And to everybody else, if you have time, we'd love to hear from you. Just send me an email at stories at iCollective.co. And now on to the episode. Daniel, thanks for being on the show.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here. So um, I have access to your Audible account, and I've seen you know, the 600 books that you've read over the, the past 10 years um so what is it uh, you know i think over 400 of those are business books what is it about the trusted advisor um that is so important to you and that that you've made me i think it was the first book you had me read when i came to the company so when i came to ideation collective what is it what what about this book is so amazing so
0: important trusted advisor the authors david master charles green robert galford what they've captured in this book it's not that it's a new idea but they've put it through such a lens that makes it um, so evident what the long term value of being dialed into other humans is. And and I feel like, you know, you think about the Star Wars movie when Obi-Wan Kenobi says, waves his hand, said, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You could you could have studied and had all these tactics on how to defeat stormtroopers before they can get on the radio and call the other guys or you can just have such a way with them that that happens. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously we can't do that quite in real life, but when I look at those people who seem to have that kind of effect on others that, that are able to get things that the rest of us can't get, or able to invite cooperation and collaboration at, at levels that are on average, I feel like this book really covers a lot of those type of principles in a way that the rest of us can practice and, and start to master. Uh, I think that's why i listen to it so many times myself and tried to get so many other people to listen to it. Okay.
2: So you have listened to it a lot. Uh, what about incorporating it? Why is this something you've tried to make a part of your work and, and especially at ideation collective, why is this important to, have, to you to have as part of our culture?
0: Well, you know, you think about this the I mean the whole premise of the book about being more than a vendor, right? Like there, it's really aimed a lot at professionals, lawyers, doctors, Accountants, um, but I think it's really applicable for CEOs or for salespeople. Um, this idea of being more than just a transaction partner, being more of just the pay for this, get that. Um, it shows up when you really need it, when there's a problem, when you have an emergency, being able to cash in on that emotional bank account that you've been putting the deposits in. Um, that's the time when it really counts. Uh, you think about how many favors people do first at the show, like how many of our guests have come back and said uh, that they they enjoyed the interview so much that they'd be willing to call anyone off of their entire LinkedIn list that we're interested in to be on the show. Right. Or uh, somebody like a Lindsay Hadley, who's just randomly emails <laughs> us about once a week with somebody awesome. Yeah, to be on the show. Um, I mean, people who are in the podcasting business know that like, one of the hardest things is scheduling and finding really great guests Mm -hmm. and those people who are going the extra mile for us. Um, it makes our life so much easier, right? Right. Um, I think that this idea of when we can scratch someone else's back first, when we can be really in tune with what's going on for them, um, they can sense that, right. Instead of just being so worried about our own problems and what we've got to get done. Uh, Obviously uh, my previous experience working for the Arbinger Institute um, and they've got such an other centric type of modality. I feel like this material has a lot in common with that type of mindset. And uh, I just feel like it was a different application. It was put through a different lens of how does this work when money and contracts and things are at stake and, and how do you not assume things and how do you earn the right to give advice, um, And uh, I feel like there's such tangible how-tos along with, again, just those uh, stories that you feel like, yeah, not only would I want to receive service like that, I actually think it would make my life better if I was that kind of a a partner in a business relationship.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I really love this book. I've, you know, growing up kind of resenting business because of some of the behavior of men in my life and, and the way they they behave. And, and to me, they were businessmen, you know, and that's the way they were. They were intense. They were aggressive. They were um... are You a
0: communist. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: But when I read this book, I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. There are crazy successful, knowledgeable, well researched men and women who are in, high up in the professional world, who have recognized the value of relationships and of love, and friendship, and kindness, and respect. And, and they really do they package it in a way where you can see that value. Um, But what, you know, let's talk about relationships that seemed to me it's a broad term, but it seemed like the biggest part of this book is relationships are more are more important than the profit as a trusted advisor, right? Um, So what do you do? When you walk into a, a client situation? What are you doing to forget? the profit at least you know have that have that priority behind you know number one priority of relationship
0: yeah you know i think i think i just tried to follow examples of people who have done that for me you know i think about like uh one of the best sales people i've ever met in my life is a guy named david tyree mm-hmm. uh he's a private wealth management guy for merrill lynch nowadays but uh we got to know each other when i was a cl- uh, client for bloomberg new energy finance mm-hmm. and like, Dave is so enthusiastic. He's so happy to see you. Okay. But we I'd go to these conferences in New York or London or whatever. And as soon as he would see me, he's so interested in what's going on in my life. I know he has got a ton of things. He's trying to land all these clients. He's trying to do all this stuff. He's busy at the conference. But he's zeroed in on what's going on for me. And, like, I couldn't get two minutes into telling him what's going on before he's stopping me. Grab me by the arm and be like, "I got somebody to introduce you to," and he's trying to solve my problems mm-hmm. with stuff that has nothing to do with Bloomberg or making Bloomberg any more money. Yeah, right. And that kind of like selfless interest in what my problems were made it very easy for me to want to spend quite a lot of money to go to the next conferences and and you know the kind of things that Bloomberg was trying to get me to pay for. Right? Absolutely. Um, he was so sincerely trying to be of more value than he costs. Like it wasn't a fair relationship. He was trying to deliver way more than he was asking for. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, you just, that level of sincerity can't be faked. So it's so easy to trust the guy after he's doing stuff like that for me. Right. Um, So I'm trying to, you know, tap into my channel, my inner David Tyree. (laughs) Right. That's what I, it's like, for me, I think about it as, you know, I've been selling stuff since I was a teenager, got my first sales jobs. And even when I was, you know, the CEO of my own investment fund or running these other companies, I still feel like I'm just the head sales guy. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think early on in my life, it was very much more like the tit for tat type of sales. You know, I, a dozen years ago, I owned a sales training company that was about appointment setting and we we're teaching people how to get past gatekeepers. And when she says this, you do that. And yeah. he does this, you do this. And, um, more like the verbal judo style. Mm-hmm. And, in the years afterwards, when I moved more towards this philosophy that these guys summed up so well, um, that's when I started having these accounts change. Like I, you know, I had a, a military client that were they were going to buy sixty thousand dollars worth of services from us, and spending time with them and doing these things, and kind of like taking the salesman hat off for a while, and just going around to their side of the table and like legitimately trying to help them solve their problem, including get my services for cheaper, mm-hmm. right? Like, I was, yeah literally their advocate. I mean, there's a balance, but I was tr- trying to help them navigate how to work with us best. Turned into them coming back with a $2.8 million order instead of $60,000, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, investors, you know, one investor group uh, was going to, you know, they started out putting in $100,000 with us and, and some things where we went maybe at, and were willing to modify uh, the way we got information to them to solve their problems with their team and, and some things kind of uh, trying to dial in more to what was going on for them uh helped them come to the conclusion they wanted to put 8 million with us instead of 100,000 and these are not like numbers I could have come up with right I couldn't <laughs> yeah. have, I wouldn't have thought to go in and ask for 2.8 million instead of 60 grand right yeah. but the nature of being really really worried about what their problem is helped them make some different decisions about other problems that we could help for them and right. they came back to us with these big numbers right. uh, without mindless cold calling, without like bothering people and trying to convince them that they want something they don't want. Right. Um, and then the referrals are so much better too, right? When people feel safe that you're not going to pounce on their friend, um, it's it's not uh, this awkward thing to to <laughs> let your friend talk to a sales guy, right? Yeah. Who, who of us wants a sales guy suck, sicked on us? Yeah. And even if you're the president of the company, who wants somebody who's trying to convince you and manipulate you, right? Yep. Uh, so
2: yeah, I uh, in the last half of How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, I mm-hmm. was just reading. They he talks about all these people who learned. You know, for years they were you know they were drawing up plans and they were they were writing pitches, thinking of what they wanted to get the client to buy, and thinking this is what the client wants. Um, and and a few of them had this experience where they actually handed the paper over to the client and said, write down what you want. Write down the sales pitch that I should be giving to you or, or drop the plans that you're wanting me to draw. And then they were lifetime clients kind of a thing and, and lifetime friends. Um, well, I also know you coach several CEOs one-on-one. Um, in their relationships, thinking about uh, these, you know, the relationship is more than the profit or, or whatever you're going to get from that relationship. Uh, how do you how do you approach those relationships? How do you develop them? How do you grow them? Like, what is it that you do that, that causes these CEOs to trust anything that comes out of your mouth?
0: Yeah, um, I feel like, you know, my my hero in life when it comes to this kind of stuff is Terry Warner, wrote the book, Bonds That Make Us Free, we'll have to talk mm-hmm. about. And he talks about being self-forgetful. And I feel like uh, the the greater level of self-interest I can check at the door Um, the more helpful I can be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's this great equation in The Trusted Advisor where he talks about, you know, it's not enough to want to be helpful. You need to be competent also. Yep. Right? Um, But that whole equation of all the things you're bringing to the table, it's not just subtracted by your self-interest. It's divided by your interest. Yeah. Like, your level of self-interest is such a ball and chain on the level of trust that they can have for you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that book actually gives you great advice of how do you build trust? He says, you know, uh, especially someone who's really good at what they do, it's very easy to be very aware of what we're good at and Mm -hmm. maybe not so tuned into what other people might know. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also says this idea of trust means somebody has to go first, right? Right. If you're going to extend this beyond just the business transactional thing, and this is going to become more like a friendship, more... And and not maybe a traditional friendship where you're necessarily barbecuing together, but the that trusted advisor relationship, yeah, where people call you on the big issues and the the personal issues and the stuff like this, he says somebody's got to go first and it's you, yep, <laughs> right, and so he's saying take that risk of being turned down. You think about all the great material com- that's come out from Brene Brown with her mm-hmm. TED talks and, yep. and her books and programs about vulnerability. He really like gives you these these legitimate stories of when a lawyer went first, when an accountant went first, when this uh, trusted professional started making that leap to trusted professional because they said to their client who was suing his mom over this big issue, right, that he's going to make a lot of money on. He's saying, hey, listen, um, I can't imagine what it's like for a son to, to, you know, go to a court case with their own mother. And just leaving the door open, to let the guy share what he's personally going through. Right. Which ended up turning into settling the thing on the court steps with his mom over the big multi-million-dollar real estate thing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And not going to battle and whatever, which lost him money in the short term. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big message here is short term, long term, right? If you can conquer the short term needs, the short term wants, if you can conquer your own ego and, and show up with more like the selfless service kind of thing, then all that competence, all those skills you've built becomes super valuable when it's paired for, paired with someone who's got a long-term vision and someone who's a little bit self-forgetful. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know, you can put the whole thing together and at the end, go back and put your salesman hat on. At the end, go back and put your CEO hat on and actually write up the contract. And what's interesting is people are so worried about being taken advantage of mm-hmm. in a situation like that. And yet so often instead what happens is a mirroring effect when you've got their best interest at heart it's such a huge invitation for them to have your best interest at heart that billing and contracts and stuff like that are not hard
2: sure that's awesome thank you um they even go in the book they even begin to talk about internal relationships not just with your clients but um as a manager to employees to your team or whatever um or or that boss the boss of that manager down to that manager um and they give an example of one woman who who notices uh, obvious frustration from an employee, um, and, and you know the, the principles in this book are nothing new, but they're they're packaged in the right way, and they're things like you know expressing interest and listening and and, and really like sincere attention to somebody else's agenda, somebody else's problem, and she talks about you know they're trying to to get through some sort of conversation, but he's so frustrated that she finally just says, you seem a little bit frustrated. And then she just waits um, and, and listens and he, and he, you know, comes forth and it's, and he's not even frustrated at her. He's frustrated at all these other things, but all these things come forth and then they develop this awesome relationship and they make so much more progress than ever would have been made. Um, What about you, you know, ideation collective or any of these other endeavors you've been involved in what, um, what experiences have you had in, um, internal relationships and, and seeing the principles of the trusted advisor, uh, you know, um, solve problems or, or, or take you further than you ever would have gone.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm going to defer again to some of my heroes. Uh, You look at a guy like Gary Peterson from episode 34 at OC Tanner, Mm -hmm. right? Um, he, he's so dialed in to what's going on with staff and he's willing to take the time to hear what's actually going on for them. Yeah. And it's amazing when you let somebody take the top off the pressure cooker, right, (laughs) Uh, that they end up blowing off their steam actually pretty quick. Yeah. You know, one of my heroes, business partner of mine for a dozen years, um, started out as a mentor, became a business partner, John Verhessen. He would always talk to me about, uh, you know, letting them blow all their wind out on the sails before you even get started talking. (laughs) Yeah. And what a value like a service it is to someone else when we can sincerely listen without just waiting for our turn to talk mm-hmm. and then how much progress can be made once they actually feel listened to even if you don't do it their way yeah you know my my buddy mike manino who maybe we'll have on the show cuz he's like i think one of the best listeners i've ever met he i was asking him about this one day about about his approach and he said that he feels like even if he's not going to agree with you that one of the things he can do for you is let you know that you've been heard, and he's curious he's he's asking you questions about your problem or the situation you know you think about in management so much of the pro- so much of the work is solving out the human friction yeah whether it's whether it's the staff that have a problem with you as the boss, whether it's staff that have a problem staff to staff whether it's staff that have a problem with the vendor mm-hmm. with the client mm-hmm. i mean it's so much of it is diffusing human friction yeah. right. Um, I remember in my Arbinger days being in a class and, uh, Jim Farrell and, and Chris Wallace were teaching and, uh, somebody really was giving pushback on the, on the principle they were teaching. And I was thinking, you idiots, don't you know who's teaching? <laughs> Chris Wallace has been teaching this for 35 years, right? I yeah. uh, uh, believe me, he knows. Yeah. And he took the exact opposite tact and he, and he was so sincerely willing to consider he might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's asking them to explain what they said. Yeah. And honestly, they were maybe like 10% right. Yeah. He totally gave them the 10%. He's like, "You know what? You are totally right about that 10%." Yeah. And it and maybe I just did a poor job explaining the other the other part and mm. let me let me do that. Mm. Diffuse the situation like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> and invited so much willingness for this person to continue participating. Yeah. Um I mean, we know that almost n- you know, in general, people take a job for the compensation and the benefits, and in general the number one pre- the number one reason that staff quit on us is uh friction with bosses yeah and so this idea here i mean again, guys at o c Tanner uh, you know you if you talk to Gary and you and you hear about his day and how often he's listening to staff members instead of talking yeah uh, a friend of mine Alex uh, dubretsky from uh u s. synthetics you know those guys that build uh they make synthetic diamonds okay, the yeah. drilling industry so yeah. he talked about having like instead of a monthly instead of a monthly performance review he was doing uh these month sorry instead of an annual performance review he was doing a monthly one on one where they talked about what needs to happen business wise but then he was started asking like, hey, what do you want to do with your life here like is this this is this the job you want or do you want to get promoted or do you want to go back to school or what's going on yeah and then he'd say it got to the point where he started asking people personal questions um like this is not the average story you expect from work he had a guy admit that he had a substance abuse issue mm-hmm. because he had so much trust that his boss would help him instead of fire him yeah that they the company did help him and the guy stayed employed i mean it's just not the That's story awesome. you expect yeah right yeah and The benefits of that organization—they went on to win the Shingo Prize, the global prize for continuous Mm -hmm. improvement—and you know, pairing this type of trusted advisor relationship, staff to staff, staff to boss, with those techniques of lean manufacturing and the Toyota Way, uh, have you know, have created incredible business results. And so, when I can walk into a situation and and have the faith that hey, if it worked for those guys, it can work for the rest of us, yeah. It makes it easier for me to put things on pause and maybe not react to somebody's emotions yeah. uh, or take offense, right? Yeah. But also not avoid their emotions. I think in personal, sorry, in professional relationships, when you can tell somebody's annoyed, uh, it's easier to just pretend you can't tell, yeah, and just keep doing the meeting, yeah. And this like vulnerableness, this uh, dialed in type of technique of putting bus- business on hold temporarily. While you, while you work, help someone uh, work through whatever's going on per- individually, yeah. emotionally, yeah. Um, it actually makes it more efficient when you get back to the work. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know, um, the spec ops guys. They always talk about uh, special operations combat veterans. They always talk about how, when it comes to their tactics, like like firearm stuff, they say slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Uh-huh. Versus, you know al-qaeda shows up and you jerk your weapon out of the holster and shoot right off the bat but miss versus going slow enough to actually defend the guys that you're supposed to be defending yeah right yeah um i i think those are messages that they in the book describe in the kind of way that makes me want to be more like that
2: yeah absolutely Um, one thing that going along with that, there was a, there's a bit at the end where they start talking about, man, what happens if you have a client or somebody that you just cannot get along with? You just, you try, no matter what you try, you're not connecting on anything. Um, and, and they, they go into more detail on, on these, some of these principles of, of listening and really taking genuine interest and really, um, putting their agenda on your agenda and, and, um, um, really trying to help them. But, what have you seen or what have you done when, when you've had a client or an employee or somebody who, no matter how hard you try, there is no connection? What do you do?
0: Um, you know, it makes me think about that book, 8020 20 Marketing, Perry Marshall, mm-hmm. right? which we'll do an episode on. Mm-hmm. But um, very often, that's not your most profitable client. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we come with so many supposed to's and so many should's. And so often in real life, reacting to real humans, it doesn't work that way. Um, I, I think the book gives great advice where they say, like, if you can't get to the place that you that you sincerely want to work with this person, uh, it's okay. Like, it's okay to move on, to refer them to another professional, to, to not, um, continue to work with them. Um, doesn't have to be a judgment on them you don't have to feel bad right right we're not going to click with everyone right yeah um i think so often i I think about ceos for instance that come to me losing their mind (laughs) (laughs) about a client that's driving driving them nuts that's pressuring them to fire their staff at their company yeah (laughs) that's you know like some extreme situations okay yeah and um (sighs) there's a quality of life issue um that's really being hampered there and it's typically a fear situation where we feel like oh we all need every client we can always get every time and we don't necessarily fact in the opportunity cost of yeah short term if i let this client go or if i moved on or if we switched professionals of who's going to handle them in the company um there'd be a short-term revenue drop right but if we could use those same hours on a client i'm really clicking with what is the long term revenue advantage of giving up this client short term so i can so that I can find someone who uh, the relationship really is going to be something that can move past being a vendor
2: right awesome well thank you I, I I would say before we end here, if you could give us your sales pitch for why this book should be in an entrepreneur's library or or whatever, why is this one of the four hundred why is this one we should read
0: yeah so um And we'll put links, you know, we'll put links on our page, the show notes for this page um, on Amazon and uh, the Amazon link on the page. People can get it um, or Audible. But uh, I think for me, it is such a magic wand for making more money Mm -hmm. when we can have that inspiration and that instruction on how to become more self-forgetful and become more helpful. You know, such tangible ways to go first in building this trust of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who's got a long-term approach and a little bit of self-discipline, this is a drastic revenue growth tool, but it's also a personal quality of life happiness yeah. growth tool, yep. and I think that'd be my pitch.
2: Awesome. What well, about you? If I were to throw mine in, uh, I, it would be that it's a lot less stressful, I think, uh, to run, to, to manage things and go through life in my experience, it's a lot less stressful and a lot more enjoyable when you're open and you're friends and you're warm and you are concerned about other people and they're concerned about you naturally in return. Um, it, it goes a lot further. It lasts a lot longer. And um, and it takes out the stress of trying to you know put on the right face for the right person um, and say what you think they want you to say. And, um, it takes all that out of there. And um, – yeah, I, I, it's just it's incredibly valuable, and it lasts, it's such a, a long-lasting thing. Um, but I think we'll wrap it up there.
0: Sounds great. Thanks. That was another installment of Book Review Fridays. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll also check out Child Rescue uh, from the menu on our website, iCollective.co. And if this episode or any other episode really stood out to you or, or you have a story to tell us, please email me um, at the email stories iCollective.co. Thanks so much.
1: Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for 2 dollars subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a 6-inch meatball marinara. Cold-cut combo. Veggie delight. or Black Forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just 2 dollars each. Sir, work yes, Subway... Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.